and welcome to episode 156 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast. I'm Mike Solosi, and we're here with a very special celebratory episode for you with uh, three other Retro Encounter podcasters, um, first of whom is Mike Salbato. Hello. And next of whom is Scott Clay. Hello, everybody. And last of whom is Rob Fenner. Hello. Ready to have uh, adventure stories in Halcyon Days. <laughs> Yeah, um, you, you know, I, I said celebratory episode at the beginning because uh, this episode is going to be about Mega Man Legends. We are having four Mega Man Legends episodes in a row, with two about Mega Man Legends 1 and two about its sequel, Mega Man Legends 2. Uh, and I, I have to admit the timing on this is deliberate because uh, we're recording on a weekend right now, so it isn't out yet, but at the time of posting this... Mega Man 11 will have released, uh, and it, it's the first main series of Mega Man game in eight years, and that got us talking, hey, which maybe we should do a Mega Man Legends podcast, because we've been talking about that a little bit for a little for about a year, and enough people seemed into the idea that we just decided to go ahead with it. So we're going to do these four Mega Man Legends episodes, in part because Mega Man 11 is coming out, and I will probably accidentally say 11 instead of Legends 11 times on these podcasts. But... Um, before I talk about my background with Mega Man Legends, let's have our three panelists do so. Uh, Rob, you were last with us when we had our mailbag episode a couple months ago. But, oh, boy. Yeah, so it has, it's been a little bit. But uh, So what's your background with uh, Rakuman Dash? Oh, boy. Um, this is this is the first time I've played this game in English. Um, <laughs> and I, I've played the heck out of this game um, when I... When I moved to the UK in 96 and um, experienced the wonders of calling somebody from the back of a British video games magazine to uh, make a modification to my PlayStation, um, there was a, um, there, there's a, um, I'm sure listeners are probably tired of me talking about this, but there's a, a very well-known um, chain here called Computer Exchange. Um, where people buy and sell video games and phones mostly. Kind of a, kind of a not-so-great uh, store. But back in the 90s, um, it was a haven of um, import games. And um, I remember um, nagging my mom to, like, you know, uh, buy this spoiled child some import PlayStation 1 games that they had on offer. And um, one of them was uh, was Rockman Dash, which from the title, I thought it was that Mega Man Battle and Chase game. But when I looked at the back of the box, I was like, oh, this is like some some like weird adventure action RPG. I'm, I'm here for this. I thought Battle and Chase, um, I mean, Battle and Chase was an arcade game, but did it get a Saturn or PS1 port? I'm pretty sure it did. Okay. Well, I think so, yeah. It it's not out here. Um, so I, um, I muddled through, um, the entirety of, uh, of Rockman Dash in Japanese, um, over a very long period, um, mostly struggling with the controls, but, um, as I didn't have an N64, um, this was kind of like, this was like the first sort of 3D action adventure game that I'd ever really played at length. So this was kind of like my ocarina of time. Um, and it doesn't quite hold up as well as Ocarina of Time did, but it's it's incredibly um, forward-thinking and, I dare say, groundbreaking for the time period that it was released. And um, it's no surprise that it is has such a fervent cult following. And it was nice to actually play it and understand it for the first time as well. You know, I'm thinking about getting through the game with no functional knowledge of the language... Uh, 
the game doesn't give you a lot of guidance anyway. Like, uh, oh, mo- definitely not. Yeah, most of what you do for prog- for progressing is re-exploring old- older areas and opening new areas to find items that'll let you travel a little better. It's I'm not going to use the M word, but this is a little bit of a you know non-linear action exploration game, similar to some games in the Metroid or Castlevania series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was centered around a single hub, etc., and in 3D, of course. But it, like, I don't. I think I probably could get away without without knowing any of the any what any of the dialogue meant in this game. Mm-hmm. It, it, that wouldn't be as much of a hindrance as other parts. But uh, uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Rob. Uh, Scott, what's your background with Mega Man Legends? I think you um uh you told me earlier uh, maybe a week or two ago this is, it's one of the two greatest games of all time. Yes. So if Lunar is the greatest series of all time, right? This is like the Echo Fighter of the best series of all time because Mega Man Legends and Legends 2 were two games that I played that were like, that kind of blew me away back in the day with like the sound and the audio and the visuals. I, the, and I'll put it this way. Majora's Mask came out right alongside Mega Man Legends 2. And I had a early street broken copy of Majora's Mask back then. Right. I stopped playing Majora's Mask. The minute Mega Man Legends 2, I, w- I got a call from the game shop back then. Uh, to play Mega Man Legends 2. And I played Mega Man Legends 2 completely before going back to Majora's Mask. And Majora's Mask was still one of my favorite games of all time. That's how much I love this series. It was amazing back in the day. And I really want a third game. All right. And uh, Mike, uh, tell us your background with Mega Man Legends a little bit. I I first have to mention that Scott kind of like made me nostalgic because I remember those days when like you'd be sitting at home and the game store would call you to say, Hey, your game is available. That's amazing. Cause you never knew. It's like, it's yeah, like Oh, that. is it yeah. coming out today? Like, Oh no, no, it's coming out tomorrow. Now we'll let you know. Um, so for me, it, it's weird. Cause I can't, re- I don't remember exactly when I assume I got Mega Man legends when it came out. I have more stronger memories of when I got two, cause I think I bought two, I feel like I bought that with like two other games in the same day. I don't know where I had that kind of money, but uh, no, I remember playing it early on and it was um, playing it now is a little different because you're used to analog controls in games like this. At the time, I didn't think much of it, although I know it was still kind of a weird transition. I know we're going to talk about the transition, but it it was very, very different from what I thought it was going to be, but I really did fall in love with it. Cool. Well, um, I guess I'm the opposite of all three of you guys. I uh, I have not. This is my first time playing playing Mega Man Legends through, which is maybe a surprise to uh, to listeners and my RPG fan friends because I, I I adore Mega Man. I've written and spoken about how much I love Mega Man in the past on podcasts and and in my blog and things. And um, a a little eight bit Mega Man is my Twitter avatar. So I. Uh, Mega Man was like the first character who I sort of thought was my of as my favorite video game character, uh, and that's dating back to the uh, many many rentals of the NES Mega Man games. But uh, when I got a PlayStation, and I got it a little late, I didn't get a PlayStation until I think 1999. But uh, I didn't like Mega Man Legends one at all. I it, it it wasn't enough like Mega Man for me to think of it like a real Mega Man game. It's like oh. oh. It's, I'm like, I'm like, okay, like moving around and how the characters looked, I thought was fine. And I actually probably enjoy more now than I did there then. But I'm like, okay, so uh, what do you mean I defeat bosses and I don't get their weapon? And, 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 and what, and what do you mean every dungeon is like a saint are like ugly corridors and not these, and not these like distinct 
bespoke skate stages with individualized music? And and uh, and why is the color palette sort of terrible outside of the town? Yeah, I think that was like one of the like everybody's uh, approach to it at first, and like a lot of people dropped that game. Not just I don't think just you, like tons of people dropped the game because of that. I well, I know. Um, let me keep you. Uh, let me keep this going. Just make uh, convince you of how much of a crotchety old man I am. I also didn't like. I also didn't like Ocarina of Time right when it came out, because mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. Zelda games were those isometric games. And Ocarina of Time just just felt like an action game with clunky controls. The point is, I didn't like 3D action games for uh, maybe a decade after they came out. Like the 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 first one. I remember thinking Mario 64 was one of the most amazing things I ever saw. But I did not like how 3D action games moved, um, how how they controlled, how their colors never seemed to be as bright as the 2D as games in a 2D engine. And I remember uh, getting a PlayStation and really eager to play Mega Man 8 and Mega Man X4 and the other Mega Man games I knew were on the system, and thinking that X4 was one of my favorite PlayStation games and Mega Man Legends just felt like an inferior action game. I didn't I, I to deny that they haven't really the early 3D games haven't really aged that well yeah, for Yeah like the, the first hard. 3D action I, the, the first, I, I was definitely impressed by by Mario 64 but I I didn't really play a whole lot of it cuz it didn't own an N64 the first 3D action game that I sort of liked was uh well that that I really liked was um Ape Escape for the PlayStation ah, and yes. um and I didn't finish a 3D Zelda because I had such an aversion to them until 2011 or 2012 when I played a uh, when I played a GameCube uh, disc release of uh, Ocarina of Time. Hmm. But uh, and 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 this is and Mega Man and Zelda were two of my favorite series and they still are. But I really really had an aversion to their 3D versions for a long time. And this is the first time I am determined to play through Mega Man Legends uh, to the end. And I, I I do have to say my uh, I'm not as an opinionated jerk of a preteen anymore. So so I, I have much more positive feelings about Mega Man Legends. It, I I I like how how lively how lively it is and um, the customization options. And I and I don't dislike the dungeons as much as I did when I was a you know a, an unusually jaded thirteen year old. But <laughs> um, but but I, I I do have to say like the clunky 3D is. A problem at times like it's very easy to get into a you know a, a bad rhythm of of uh like uh, of camera hell either with like either with a really slow camera turn on l1 or r or r1 or sort of a a a forward thinking and functional like um like circle like circle tap version of of centering the camera that mm. maybe doesn't work totally as well as you want it to but is at least faster than l1 and r1 and, and and I like how the strafing action works most of the time, but uh, but then that's until it doesn't work. And I also don't like how locking on freezes freezes you in place. But, but doesn't these are, always lock on. And doesn't yeah. doesn't always properly lock on. But the, and so, but these are weird complaints to have because I'm basically making 2018 control complaints for a 1997 game, and that's unfair of me. But no, they were bad then. But <laughs> yeah, they um, were terrible then. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. Um, because there's two styles of control. You can use left and right and L and R. You can use one for strafing, one for turning. Which one does everyone use? I was going to ask that too. I use, <laughs> the, I use the D-pad for strafing because I didn't know there was two controls. I'm just, I, I just use the, deep, I use the, the, L, the L and R buttons to strafe because that makes it easier Ooh. to like circle around an enemy and just keep shooting at the direction, especially when you get to Mega Man Legends 2 where it actually kind of feels okay-ish, but it's still hard. 
I probably would prefer that because that's how the Ratchet and Clank games on PS1 on PlayStation 2 did, and, and those are much superior games in terms of controls. Uh, would look like it's hard, but yeah, um, I, I, hmm, I, should, I now I really want to try that because I because I I have been trying to strafe as much as I can until I sort of get cornered, and then I have to like try to press circle to desperately escape being surrounded by reaper bots. <laughs> uh, uh, Rob Fenner, have you? Uh, what kind of control scheme are you using? Or, or First you... time I played through, I had strafe on the shoulder buttons, and uh, this time I have, um, I've got the camera turn on the uh, shoulder buttons, and I'm having a much easier time. Okay, that's that's the way I have it. I'm, I'll, I didn't know there was a way to change the controls. I'm gonna have to look I, into that. I when thought I that it was the, I thought it was the default having strafe on um, LNR, but maybe I'm mistaken. I think strafe on the D-pad is the default. Because when I first started, I started uh. playing, I think. And I'm like, wow, I forget. this is like really weird and clunky. So I went into the menu and like, I think I played the other way. And I switched it to strafing with L and R. And I said, nope, I hate this even more. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it just didn't work for me as well. So they're I both they're both terrible control schemes. No matter, no matter how you slice it, they're just it's one or the other. You got to choose. If, if these games were remade or if a Mega Man Legends 3 were to come out, they would have... Uh, camera on the right stick. They would have options for where strafe was, and probably some level of customizable controls. And I'm sure it would play much, much better. Oh, but, for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, With but, like but, 20 years of 3D uh, action adventure behind it, it would be great. I'm sure. And I remember my. I'm playing this on PS3. And but when I uh, before I started playing the game, I I mentioned it in the RPG flan in RPG flan. Oh, that sounds delicious. Oh, mm. I'd, I'd like an RPG flan. But anyway, on the RPG fan chat, uh, Rob, you recommended that I play not on Vita, because my original plan was to play my cross-buy version on Vita instead of PS3. Um, I'm Now, I might be changing my tune on this, because I'm going to do a little experiment, and I'm going to try... I'm playing Mega Man Legends 1 on PS3. Now, I know that there was a Japan-only PSP port of Legends, or Rockman Dash, that was apparently like a nightmare to play. But of course, that only had one analog stick um, and no no back touch panel. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try putting Legends Two on my Vita, and you know that allows you to remap controls any way you wish. And I'm gonna see about you know maybe putting the rotate onto the right stick and seeing if seeing how that works. But I, I haven't yet tried that out yet. Now, um, in the past. Uh, when I play PS1 games on my Vita, I have to very carefully hold the Vita by the edges of it because if I accidentally touch the back panel, it'll interpret that as holding down L2 or R2. Oh wow! I can just almost never get that back that back panel to work. So. Yeah. <laughs> now, see now, now I'm curious if you could do that with like the Vita TV. If you could, po- maybe yeah. But, and then but, just like play it like uh like if you can map it to the. I didn't even try this. I didn't think about that. That would increase the enjoyment of these games a lot. Uh, but I, I have to admit, I'm playing this now. I uh, th- the thing I find the most charming are the character designs and uh, and like stuff. Basically, Roll and Tronbon are are very fun ver- uh, versions of you know the traditional Mega Man role and sort of a traditional Mega Man side villain. Um, I, I mean, shoot, Tronbon probably deserves to be in the dictionary definition of Sundari right alongside Helga from Hey Arnold. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's a really <laughs> Strange but perfect comparison. I, I, I mean, in the past when I've tried to explain the word 
Sundari to people. <laughs> I, I've used the Helga G. Pataki example, and I think it's the best in Western media. <laughs> but the uh, um, but yeah, uh, Tron's really fun. She has a she has a, a fun personality, and like uh, from you know being being able of building frankly terrifying and amazing robots, but also being afraid of small dogs. And uh, and and I think she's a you know she's got very sharp hair that looks like you could probably like kill a person with, and uh, I, I, in general I think the Bond pirates are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always oh sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, but like I've always liked Diesel and I've always liked Tron. They're like they they work so well together, including their 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 baby brother. But um like they've always been really cool villains. Like they're never over they were like super over the top, but at the same point at the same time they're like you know they're like Saturday morning cartoon villains. They're great. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they they remind me of of like of like a, a Tatsunoko evil organization or something because they're just so outwardly goofy and silly, but but take their own uh, criminal activity very seriously. Is is Teasel Bond army of of sweet, earnest Lego, Lego men. men who yep. rob yeah. banks? <laughs> yeah, the servbots are great. Servbots are great. Although Servbot is probably the worst character in Marvel vs. Capcom too. That's that, that, that's yes. really that, you're not really playing with a full deck if you use Servbot. Um, and I have to ask, I, I understand the Tron Bond pun and the Bond Bond pun, but is Teasel Bond some kind of some kind of pun that I'm not understanding? I think it's like T Bond, because I think he's yeah. just T Bond in Japanese. I don't know if he's a fully fully Teasel. So so what's T Bond like? Yeah, so like T Bone, I think. Oh oh oh! <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's what I'm guessing. Okay, like, like a T Bone steak. Okay, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Huh. All right. Well, I guess I spent an, a few unnecessary nights of trying to figure out figure out the Teasel Bond pun. Write <laughs> uh, in, folks. If, yeah. If, yes. If oh man. If you have if you have yeah. uh, if you know what kind of English language pun Teasel Bond is supposed to be, maybe maybe it's like maybe it's Japanese like 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 Ichiban or something. <laughs> I, I don't. I have no. I, er- cousin. I, I have no earthly idea what the uh, uh, what that one's supposed to be. But it's um, I, I have had fun seeing them in action, though. Especially uh, uh, T Bond's uh, um, ver- deep concerns about the Bond family budget. That that seems like a very real uh, real villain move to me. He, he was yeah. very upset at how expensive all of uh, Tron Bond's robots are, and how Mega Man seems to easily dispatch them. It's, that's because if you play Tronbon, the actual game Tronbon, you find out that their financial situation, that's the whole point of Tronbon is their financial situation for the next two games. So it's it's the Wario land as to is to Mega is to Mario mm-hmm. as uh, Tronbon is to Mega Man. I got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's so what's Tronbon? Is that Trombone? Uh, yeah, that's what I figured. Tron, yeah, I thought that was I a, and Or is it, it just supposed to be a rhyme? I thought it was trombone because her uh, hairdo looks like the bell of a of a brass uh, instrument. Oh, so it's another <laughs> musical thing. All right, I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we should maybe we should try doing a music podcast sometimes. That 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 be that's an interesting idea. Nah, that will never fly. No yeah, one wants to listen to that. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll table that conversation for now. But yeah. okay, speaking of music, uh, one one thing that I, th- I one reason I didn't like Mega Man Legends as much when I uh, first played it is because Mega Man music was like my favorite video game music, and this didn't have the energy or variety of it. But playing it now, it's like okay, this this dungeon theme is uh, is you know atmospheric and all right, and these town themes and uh, upgrade shop themes are you know as the kids say bops. I mean, I like um, I like the atmospheric dungeon themes, but. Um... I think, like, the town themes, I forgot how short those loops are, and they kind of start to drive you crazy if you just let the <laughs> game idle. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, they have about the same loop as like as like a Capcom fighting game. Like the character collects the character select screen has a, yeah. loop, of, a loop of maybe twelve or fifteen seconds. It's one of the it's one of the musicians who did Mega Man X. So it's it's Makoto Tomozawa. So. I don't know what's going on there. It's it's kind of hard to pin down individual composers for Mega Man games because Capcom did a lot mm. of music by committee back then. Like, oh shoot, uh, I, I think I've mentioned this in other podcasts, and I, so I uh, I apologize. But Yoko Shimomura, RPG fans' favorite composer, of course, uh, used to work for Capcom, and she was something like one of seven composers listed for the for Final Fight. When she only mm. did it, when she only did a, a few tracks, and also one of four or five listed for Street Fighter Two, in which she did more than half of the soundtrack. So mm. she, so like there was a lot of Capcom music by committee done by their in-house composers. So it's not always easy to nail down who was the composer of such and such Mega Man game. It, it's possible that a bunch of people made Mega Man Legends' music, and it and it isn't easy to nail down like. Like, 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 who did what? And if a Mega Man X composer did make this slightly disappointing soundtrack, it's, it's possible that there was company or workflow limitations that prevented him from making all the music he wanted. But he, even if I make excuses like that, I don't think this is the most impressive Mega Man soundtrack. Even, but I, and again, the loops oh, are no, short. It's really a series that's iconic for its music, and this one just, <laughs> it's, it's cute, but it's not. It's not what you come to a Mega Man soundtrack for. But I think maybe worse right. than the worse than the music, the, uh, the the voice acting is early voice acting, which is to say not as not as bad as some other Capcom voice acting on the PS One. But does the sound mixing seem weird to you? Weird to you guys? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because well, like like some voices off. some voices will just be like uh, louder than other recordings, and some will have like the stage music louder than the voice recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know there's there's a couple things. Um, I don't remember how many scenes he has, but like, not real, like fake Dr. Wiley runs the boat shop. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like, whenever he talks, he's super low. Like, there's some cutscenes, they don't have subtitles in cutscenes, and I wish they did because some of the volumes are a little off. Yeah, a lot of a lot of yeah, the most definitely. a lot of the written dialogue is voiced, but the cutscene dialogue has no subtitles and no and no written words, which was you know a little confusing and and uh, and it it was mostly i think deep male voices where they seemed to be too quiet for the soundtrack and so and yeah. uh, um I, I think it was a, a couple in addition to Wiley but maybe like the police inspector or something i i'm actually i am a little bit impressed at how much voice acting there really was yeah cuz mm-hmm. even like non cutscene yeah. stuff just you go up to talk to an inspector like oh all of these random side characters are voiced that was one of the things that i like when i first played the game cuz like Back then, it was like you didn't hear stuff like that. You didn't hear voice acting for just little, tiny little things like that. And that's one of the things that actually kind of like sucked me. And like, I'm with you on Solosi, that where it, it never felt like a Mega Man. When I first started playing it, never felt like a Mega Man game. And I was not going to finish it either. But when I started playing around like that and started listening to stuff like that and hearing stuff like that, I was like, I got involved in it because I'd never heard anything like that before in like in a PlayStation game. Like, I was used to that in like, like PC games and like old school PC games, stuff like that, because they had a lot of voice acting back then. But Nothing in a PlayStation game, nothing like this, not in 3D. Yeah, the voice acting is not bad in Mega Man Legends. I think it's probably worse than Mega Man 8, which uh, which right. came which came out a little bit less than a year before Legends. I mean, you can definitely p- pick up some of the voice actors from X4 and 8, though. Oh, yeah. I think, I think it's like Dr. Light. I'm like, oh, that's the guy that said those horrible Dr. Light lines in Mega Man 8. 
He's better I, in this, though. I think I, I do I, love I think, I think Roll, voice. I think Roll has the same voice actress in Mega Man 8 and Mega Man Legends, or at least very similar. If not Maybe, the same. yeah. Maybe. Yeah, Teasel, I like his actor. Yeah, well, Teasel's voice actor. Very hammy. Yeah. Yes. Over the top. He's having a good time. I, I like this. I like all of the uh, uh, side noises that the serve serve bots make. Whether they're they're like crying <laughs> after being after being threatened or uh, like <laughs> or you they, shoot them. There's a scene where uh, Teasel is basically um, going on a bit of a rant during like a staff meeting, and the and the serve bot voice bits around are, around it are just great. They're like, "Wow, please don't kill me. This coffee's delicious," and all, all this. There's a bunch of silly <laughs> like, stuff. The, the serve bots like are very cute paper, mascot characters, and I think I think their voice work yeah. is good too. <laughs> the paper airplane is cute. Yeah, I mean, I think I I, I don't want to overly generalize, but I think the. The characters and the presentation and the voice acting, like all of it, very, very much feels to me like, um, well, an anime like of the time, like it's it's kind of '90s anime style. Yeah, it's yeah. all very much mm-hmm. like a cartoon, like yes. when you're playing the game. Yeah, no, the, I would say that's fair. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's cartoony, uh, sort of um, like an anime of an appropriate time. Right. And again, it reminded me of like an old like '70s Tatsunoko evil villain with a mask or something. But but then again, that maybe that's me thinking of like Battle of the Planets and Tatsunoko versus Capcom and yeah, s- silly stuff like that. It's it's a little like um, Yatterman with like the the main uh, female villain in the and and and, and, yeah, and, her, and, her, and her two goons. That's exactly the one I was thinking of. I couldn't think yeah, of her name. Very though. Tatsunoko. Mm-hmm. Or very Nadia, Secret of the Blue Water. <laughs> Uh, so how, how do we feel about the? Oh, sorry. Go no, on. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask how we all feel about the dungeon designs or the experience of that. Um, you know, it is helpful that I have played uh, other games of that time and similar and games with similarly bad dungeon design for Retro Encounter, even. Uh, but th- th- these dungeons remind me of. Um, Oh shoot! Like a like a below average corridor RPG, like like uh, um, imagine if you have like the the dungeons from a rogue galaxy, but with a worse map, and you get confused with the camera, kind of like a Grandia dungeon. Yes, I I can't I can't get over the fact that there's not just an overall map. How every time you change scenes, it's like its own map. It would be way easier to get around if you didn't have to do that. Yeah, the maps are segmented and don't really give you any uh, layer difference for different floors. So so, it'll be the same position on the map uh, whether you're at at, a high point in the dungeon or a low point. And since there's some areas that have like grates where where you're Mm -hmm. walking over tunnels or falling down floors uh, makes the the mini-map not useless but sometimes more of a hindrance. Yeah. The one thing I actually do like about the dungeons is at the end, they're all connected, which was actually kind of a cool concept back then. Like, they're all connected to one another. The, the main gates, the subgates, everything's connected, which actually adds some really cool, like, kind of almost exploration to it. But you're right. It's brown hallways and uh, some not some... I, no, I not, did... I did, get, I did get a connection between Portal 1 and Portal 2, and I think between Portal 2 and Sub and Subgate 1. Yeah, yeah, and it'll eventually connect to everything. That's cool. Really yeah, cool. It, it's it's a really interesting thing they did, that eventually there's like shortcuts to get you from this place to this place. So I think it was, even though the experience of running through them, it's kind of like, this is kind of bland, not that interesting. Like, I think it was really well designed from like a mapping standpoint. 
Yeah. You just you don't notice it until like you get further on. That is nice. There... It, it makes the whole feel uh, better than the sum of its parts. Hmm. Yeah. I think I also think the most important thing that anyone should know going into it is look for holes in the wall. Yes. <laughs> Everywhere yeah. you go, because there's so many important things that you can just totally miss. Yeah, and, and those textures don't pop very well at all. Like, like the treasure chests obviously do, but the holes in the wall, I mean, just look like a part of the wall. <laughs> it, yeah. it, 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 it doesn't seem like a clear landmark unless you specifically know to look for that, you know, slightly fat banana-shaped uh, blotch. <laughs> yes. Um, I, like, if I was playing this for the first time ever, I probably would have ignored the holes, but I remember just, you know, desperately searching for everything in Japanese and remembering that every hole has a secret. Um, but yeah, looking at it now and like, look in imagining it with fresh eyes, I can imagine it not being as intuitive as they hoped it would be. Right. But Scott, you were going to say, yeah, like a lot of that stuff though, I think is fixed in the sequel. I think they they kind of yeah. make everything pop out and a little bit more, and it's a lot more varied. But you loses that connective feeling. I yeah, I, well, I, I am I'm impressed with the concept of all the dungeons being like navigable from one single entrance. It, mm. But I I don't love how samey they look. They like again one one thing I've always found attractive about Mega Man is these the the stages are always themed, usually around the villain or the weapon or a, or a very generic theme, and this. This game doesn't really seem to have themed dungeons or dungeons that feel unique at all. It's just once again that's something that's they fix in the sequel. Well, I mean, this podcast I mean, is about the first. Yeah, one. I know. I'm just like, you know, so you excited for the sequel? I mean, they, they have the they at least have different textures. Yeah, barely. Like the, regu um, the regular they, gates all, are all, green the, the all the holes in the wall have identical shapes. Well, the subgates are a little different. They're they're okay, different. There's tiny holes, there's big holes. Yes, yeah. but they the layouts are the same. Just some some are green holes and some are red holes. Yes, this hole was made for me. Um, okay. I, I um, that's a that's an Ito reference. That's uh that is making me uh, flash back uncomfortably. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, the dungeons in this game are not great. They are they are pretty bland. Um, I will give you that. But I do like the contrast of you know, above, above ground. It's this bright, almost like Ghibli esque world, and it was like the closest thing to like a cell shaded anime game before cell shading was a thing um and everything is just like bright and lovely and quite upbeat and then you go underground and you've got like, like this very sinister soundscape and everything's kind of barren and desolate and you're a cyborg and you're fighting robots that don't that are bent on you know throwing bombs at you or um kind of these eldritch eldritch reaver bots that are just <laughs> mechanical worms and it, it's just it all feels like it feels like two different games put together but in a way that's kind of effective um it's like what's what's lurking beneath this idyllic yeah no i like that i mean i think that also works with what we said about the music like the, there's a huge mm, difference yeah. in the music and i think that's why the lack of music underground kind of works for what you're saying definitely yeah that's what i was getting at Oh, sorry. So you're saying that, that no, 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 don't be sorry. I'm glad that we agree. So you're <laughs> saying that like the Mega Man Eight team made the serve bots, and then the Resident Evil team got borrowed for these <laughs> for these like for these horrifying robots and uh, and dark catacombs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really think of it that way. But there is an odd dichotomy with the what's on on the surface and what's underground, both with the enemies mm -hmm. you face, 
and the and the tasks that you're doing. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Actually, it, like it's like a mass. It's thousands of years after like a mass extinction, and most of the world is is water. So yeah, and they, they also indicated it's not going to be all rainbows. And they indicated that the uh, the economy for a lot of the world above water is is these diggers excavating technology from the previous civilization, like mm. uh, like the and uh, these like uh, these big refractor crystals that uh, Mega Man Roll and Barrel are finding are are big finds that could you know benefit the community and not and not just be not, it's not just treasure hunters looking for treasure. Right, mm. right. What helps to that like that creepy aesthetic to it is the draw distance is like. Almost non-existent in this game. Oh yeah, <laughs> when you're in the ground. So and it feels like uh, sometimes, sometimes the reaver bots, like you, you see them, from, you see like the glow in their eyes from like in the dark, and it's like whoa, like they come out of nowhere sometimes. It's really so, cool. Yeah, sometimes the, the draw distance is such, and the size of the reavers, reaver bots is such that they will literally materialize within firing range. Yeah. That um, have, that's kind of related to a bigger point I wanted to make, but like, are you guys spending a lot of time like examining things? Because the amount of things you can examine oh, yeah. in this game are like, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. There's so like many you can, little you, things you could do. Yeah. Like you can just check this. You can like, you go in the library and every bookshop actually has its own book. But one of the things one of the books talks about is like the history of the island and like how the ruins underground are like one like stage of civilization. And the town now was built inside another set of ruins. So it just kind of gives you this like idea of like what this island was like is there another layer further down they just keep rebuilding on top of itself or something hmm. and and it's the town's a little weird like uh, uh the village at first seems empty like there's not a lot of people walking around and uh you can't go in all the buildings uh, and and also and also there's cr but but there's also a lot of weird details like there's crosswalks but the cars will run over you anyway even if you're on a crosswalk <laughs> i i i, yes. I, I deliberately like, tried that it, it's it's New York City. If you walk in front of a car in New York City, you're gonna get hit. They don't make a damn stop for you. <laughs> all right. Well, and and uh, New York City also has all manner of mutants and horrors living uh, living yeah, exactly. under, uh, underneath that's, it. That's what it is. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. A... So Mega Man Legends is New York. Yeah. Exactly. Or catalogs is New York. Gotcha. Uh, I, don't, I don't know whether that speaks less of catalogs or New York, honestly, but. Uh, Mm. The, the the level of detail and the choices they make on where to include detail is weird. Like the the to me the the streets in uptown and downtown feel a little empty. But then you have things like like the little the little comic book stand in Apple Market has a has a like has a different thing every for every little shelf. And the library has different things in every book in every sh mm -hmm. in every bookshelf. And uh <laughs> yeah, and and the same NPCs will say different things at different points in the story. Like right. like like little gang like the little gang of kids that block the door near the beginning of the game. And uh, so so it's like it sometimes it feels empty and lacking detail and sometimes it feels like there's an excess of detail and it's it's it, again I think it's just you can chalk that up to this being a very early 3D action RPG. And yeah. them making – they haven't really figured out, uh, you know, exploring details in 3D spaces yet. Yeah, and they even have, they even have like, the beginnings of what technically is a morality system in the game, if you haven't messed around with it yet. If you oh, yes. do stupid stuff, if you, if you go around and be a total jerk, your armor becomes more and more black. And eventually, if you like, you could you could steal a large sum of money at some point in the game. <laughs> if you take that, it, you, you, it's like, boom, you're a villain. Everyone hates you. And then it, shops charge you more, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's it, it's it's got the beginnings of everything you'd expect in like all these new 3D games, and it just it doesn't do it well. 
but it's like you can see the start mm-hmm. of like things like that. It's very cool. Is there? It doesn't pe- even advertise that it's there. Yeah. Is there a penalty for having buildings destroyed during some of the early Tronbon fights? It costs you more money, I believe, to rebuild the city if you want to rebuild the city. If you can save how do you, the how city, do you rebuild the city? Because I, I, I'm not. Think I you don't have to talk to the mayor. I believe. Yeah. Okay. You talk to the mayor and give her money. And you're so at the you, point where you can do that. I probably yeah. am, yeah, but I don't, I don't think I got. None of the buildings were destroyed in those early fights that I was in, but I, I think maybe one of them caught fire. I have to I have to double check. Yeah, you can. I think because uh, there's some there's some side quests you could do later in the game that require the city to be like completely built, or at least redone. I'll have to I'll have to look into that a little bit more closely, and uh, I'm gonna roll this back a little bit. Um, the first boss fight in the game is basically four boss fights. And, oh my and, god! And, yeah. And, uh, and the I'm second, the, the second boss fight in the game also is in basically three stages. Basically, they want to, they make these encounters like sort of multi-stage missions and not just like a Mega Man boss fight, which I think is interesting in concept, but sometimes a little bit frustrating in execution. Because the very first one in the game is, uh, you're you're fighting, uh, three like medium-sized robots that are red, yellow, and blue that have some air support, and then they're throwing a key between each other, between each of them, and if you defeat the one with the key and grab the key, then you win. And then you fight a, a boss fight against a quadrupedal monster piloted by Tronbon, and then you fight a bunch of carrier ships that are, that are dragging in additional tanks while trying to prevent the tanks from destroying buildings in the, in the mayor's mm-hmm. district. And then you fight a boss fight against Bon uh, Bon with, I think, support of a couple more air units. So it's, it's basically four boss fights in a row with different objectives. And in that third stage, if buildings get destroyed, that can affect side quests later in the game or the world state of the town. And that that world state thing isn't really addressed in the mission at all. You j- it just gives you a message if, if buildings take more damage. So that- Bonbon shoots missiles shaped like milk bottles at you. Oh, that's, yeah. that's adorable. I didn't, I didn't notice that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, that's a lot going on, and that's cool, yeah. I- that's cool ideas for a boss fight, but it's not all very well communicated. It's basically either mission start or mission complete. Hmm. Right, and sometimes even after mission complete, it throws you immediately into another boss battle with no time to heal or save <laughs> yeah. or anything, and it's it can be a real nightmare. Yeah, the one on the lake is like tricky. I mean, luckily at least the one on the lake gives you an out where yes, you can go the... back and recharge and come back. Because I had to do that. Like I actually did die after the first one because I took too much damage in the first phase. Yeah, I, I um I, I didn't really know how to do the first phase at first. I was uh, I I took a lot of damage. I was probably a, like at maybe forty percent health after beating the first phase. Mm-hmm. And when it said, "Do you want to retreat or come back?" I'm like, "Oh, dude, I if I have to do another boss fight, I'm gonna die." So uh, so even so, I retreated thinking I would have to do the first phase again. But it took me to the, straight to the second phase. I'm like, "Okay, this is much better." And yeah. then the rest of the boss fight wasn't wasn't uh, challenging, but it, it's. It, it, it's it's interesting how they segment this up and make the boss fight feel epic and feel varied, mm-hmm. but it also I, I think it, I don't think it's perfectly designed. It, feel, it feels like it feels like it's it feels muddled and in in ambitious but muddled. And of course, mm-hmm. me being the the salty old man that I am, I sort of wish you would have boss fights where you get the weapon of the defeated boss afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was like one of the first things, like when because like, that boss fight doesn't happen. What, like an hour into the game, two hours into the game, not even. The, like, the first, yeah, the first one's like, yeah. like it's like forty-five minutes or an hour. Yeah, I think that's the first part where you realize, like, it's really this. It really isn't a Mega Man game. This is this is they could call this whatever they else wanted. They could call it whatever they can call it whatever they wanted else, and it would not be a Mega Man game. You're fighting bosses that are 
not very Mega Man. And I think you're right. It is it is like it's one after another. It's it's very muddled and stuff like that. But at the same time, like I said, back in ninety what ninety what we said ninety seven, right? Mm-hmm. It felt kind of fun, I guess, back then. It was like this is new. I'm not used to doing stuff like this. Where you have to save the city. I don't remember a three D action game where I had to save a city. Mm-hmm. I do like. I mean, even though it's a different system, how you get them, I do like the different sub weapons. Even though it's yeah. really limited, like you have to choose one. And mm-hmm. really, for most of the game, once you get the powered buster, like that's all you need for a while. Um, so if you aren't guys aren't using that, you should upgrade that and use that. Looks it's so useful, but looks so ugly. Yeah, it does. It's so ugly. It's, I know it's, it's, it's so like, powerful. If it was blue, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's like the helmet. It's like the helmet. I don't know if you guys picked up the helmet. Yes. But you could put the helmet on. You, you norm, normally it's really annoying to find a helmet, but you can make the helmet look like regular Mega Man, right? And uh, you kind of want to take it off because it looks ugly. You're like you kind of right. like Mega Man's weird, like spiky hair. You, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that I found the helmet in a tr- in a trash can, and then I had to have uh, Roll fix it up. And it's like you know, this helmet does not look great. Maybe I should put it back in the trash can. <laughs> I, I the first time playing the game, I don't think I found the helmet. And then, like, subsequent playthroughs, it's, I, it's, I eventually found out. I'm like, I don't like this. It's in a random trash can, like, in, uh, on, on the way to, mm-hmm. I think, the third portal. So it, it is totally yep. missable. And I, and I mean, he's not wearing the helmet on the cover of the game, which I guess is something. But it's, but it's like, I mean, I, I think of, you know, Mega Man's helmet teleporting onto his head in the, you know, uh, opening menu screen of Mega Man 2, like, iconic. It's like, it, they should make him putting on a helmet a thing instead of, you know, finding it in a trash can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, so many of those things, though, like, the the jump boots and the roller skates, like... Oh, the roller I mean, skates are so much fun. They're both so... I mean, you need those jump boots, but... I love how there's basically an equipable item to triple your jump size. It's it's, yes. it's it's not like you know it's not like you're adding a double jump like in a Castlevania game where that that's like maybe a quarter the size of your jump, like like a small addition. This 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 is like going from an an air level to an underwater level in a Mega Man game or something. It's it's oh, it's yeah, crazy. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's it's sort of fun and silly, but but yeah. Uh-huh. I tested I, it out one of the outside areas. Like you literally jump as high as the trees. Yeah, and you can climb like you the can buildings. Clear a tree. Yeah. You can climb the buildings at that point. Yes. Basically, every building except for like the skyscrapers or the, or the TV tower that doesn't have a grabbable ledge and stuff like that. It's 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 very game changing. I haven't found the roller skates yet because I, I I assume I probably make them from parts in the dungeon I'm yeah. saved outside of. Yes. But, yes. But the uh, but like <laughs> having those to increase your mobility sounds great, but also sounds. <laughs> I'm sure that um, people can uh, can break the textures and go to impossible places in the game, but just just because it's a you know of how it's built. The roller skates are just so much fun. It, it feels like it's like you, you, it's like the sound effect they think to it, and it's like you just like kind of like you just kind of take off. It's so yeah. Well, they have a good um, you know again for a older game, an early 3D game. Like there's the I actually like the like weight to them and like the physics behind them. Like they have to warm up for just a second. Yeah, I don't know. They have a good feel. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, controlling him doesn't feel bad. The camera is clunky, and sometimes the, the, the like the aiming is clunky. But he doesn't. It doesn't feel like a weightless doll. He has he has some mass to him, and uh, yeah. and he and he does react mostly sensibly to things like collisions. Mostly, I'm not not giving him a full pass on that. But like uh, <laughs> like like I have specific control issues, but you know. Pressing forward and having Mega Man go forward feels okay, at least. 
But there's one other thing I want to talk about. Um, the special weapons in this game. I, I think it's a very cute idea to have sort of Mega Man with, uh, with a buster on one hand and a weapon on another hand, which is which is not when usual. Usually, I think of him having a uh, you know a permanent buster arm and a permanent uh, uh, hand arm. But the weapons so far are pretty fun. <laughs> I, mm. I uh, I've mostly been really switching between the vacuum arm and the machine buster, and I've messed around with the powered buster a little bit. But I mean, I, I have less than half of the weapon wheel uh, filled out. So are there are there do the weapons get pretty cool in this game? They do get pretty cool, but it costs a lot of money to upgrade a lot of them. But like I like we were talking about before, I think before the podcast, you end up using the drill arm like ninety percent of the time because if you want to explore the sub, not the sub uh, gates, but the the additional gates, right? The the tiny gates. You need the drill arm to get through any of those brick walls. Mm, and you're gonna you can to get to the other side them. from like a different gate. You don't necessarily yeah. have to break yeah. them down. Yeah, but, but if I you want if you want to get like some of the secrets, like then you need to kind of do it. It's it's and like you feel like oh well now I need to go. You hit a wall. You don't want to hit a wall. I think I think that's what I want. You don't want to hit a wall. And yeah. go, oh, I don't want to go all the other side. I wish I, I had that right arm, and since but, you I mean, can't change them out from the menu, since you have to go to roll, it's exactly, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, but they stay broken, right? Yeah, yeah, they stay broken. Yeah, yeah. at least you only have to do it down. once. But yeah, is there is there going to be a late game boss or something where I wish I had upgraded a certain arm over another arm? No. Oh yeah. Yes, oh, there well, will. You're gonna want you're gonna you're gonna want that that power buster for the. There's some aerial battles that are awful. Oh for, okay. Yeah, you're right. For, okay. What what weapon should I upgrade for that? Uh, you'll you'll get it a little bit later on. There's a homing missile uh, okay. arm. Oh, it's like right. the powered buster, but it shoots homing missiles. All right, yeah. that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'll I'll save up my Zenny for it then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like shiny laser though. They'll oh, figure yes. it out because that makes everything very simple. Yeah. The um, I know one thing I had to do for that lake fight. I don't know. Like I was having trouble this time with that first part because there's so many things and torpedoes firing at you mm. so when i died i went back and i'm like you know what i have a lot of money so i bought two of the um um buster parts so i upgraded my attack and my range by like a ton and it made that fight so much easier mm. so those are fun too like if you haven't been like messing with those the shop does upgrade once in a while and gets you like higher tiers of upgrades yeah, uh, I managed to get through that fight, but I really messed up. Like, I, I think I meant to take my powered buster into that into that seaside, into that seaside mission, and um, I ended up taking like I think like the grenade launcher. So I was just like <laughs> impotently throwing balls into the sea that just weren't hitting anything. Uh, story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I re I remember that the shining laser is Mega Man's uh, super. In, talking about, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a super. Lovely. It's a super move in Tatsunoko. So I'm I'm interested in that, uh. but I, I've been using the. Uh, Really, just machine gun, and the machine gun in the vacuum most of the time, and uh, and been doing fine. Mm. But homing missiles, shining laser drill arms sounds like very appealing options. At least I'm looking forward to collecting more. And and I did most of this game with uh, without a guide, but uh, at one point when I got the jump boots, I realized, oh, I'll be able to go to every previous gate and get something, won't I? I did check a guide for a list <laughs> of items for that because I because I, I didn't want to miss any items. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things you can miss just not paying attention. Like especially with those holes in the walls where you just like, oh, mm -hmm. I walk I walked past this maybe ten times and I didn't notice it the first time. There was at least one thing that one important thing that was in a wall, but there was like an enemy guarding it. So I I I did actually check the wall after it because mm. <laughs> there was like an enemy that was sitting in this corner ignoring me unless I get near it. It's like I bet he's covering something. Is it those little like disc shaped crocodile things? 
Yeah, it, I thought yep. it looked, I thought it looked I more like I, a, I thought it looked more like a crab or a spider because it, it, okay. it was it was it was disc shaped and you had to get yeah. him upside down to kill him. Right. Mm. But it it was one of those. I, I forget the item I was guarding though. Okay. But the but well, in, in general, those guys. like in general, I think that the, <laughs> the the design of Mega Man and the weapon options and the nature of catalogs is cool it, like it, it makes it seem like a single space like the uh you know like the idea of a boxed garden the way when, when miyamoto is talking about his design ideas for uh mario 64 but it, it, it's still an early action game so that you'll get weird controls and 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 like bad dungeon maps and stuff but uh, i i i i'm I, i'm not uh i don't hate this i i, I don't I, I know i've been pretty negative this episode but i i am I'm at least intrigued by the mystery of the game. Like, oh, if there's some kind of secret at the bottom of the island, well, naturally, I want to know, know what it is. And I like the I like the Bond family. I, uh, so I, I'm not maybe as in love with this as I, I I'm. I'm looking more forward to Mega Man 11 coming out this week than I am to playing more Mega Man Legends. Let's say, <laughs> but, but, but I, I am very interested to see what, uh, what, how this game goes, especially uh, if to get more weapons because the, really the most satisfying thing for me is finding Buster parts and finding weapons and messing around with those. That's probably the most fun I'm having with the game so far. I think hmm. that was what you said, mystery and stuff like that. I think that was maybe my, my biggest love about. Mega Man Legends and Mega Man Legends 2 is the world and like just the ideas and, and incorporated into it always felt mysterious to me and I always wanted to like know more. Like what's like and you're like as you're saying, my uh so see, what's at the bottom of this island? I wanna know. And a lot of games don't do that very well. And I, I feel like Mega Man Legends is really one of those games I really want to know what the bottom what's the bottom of this island. And then at the end of the game, you go, I really wanna know more. <laughs> and, and, and it is interesting how they incorporate like excavators and diggers and ruins into the lore of this world. Like, like, uh, like, again, um, these ancient civilizations and their technology is central to the economy of the world. So, like, it's a it's a Mega Man game about digging for buried treasure and exploring ancient ruins. So at least they made, at least you know that's that, that's a gameplay hook. I want to know what's at the yeah. bottom of the island. I like so, think that with the first four words that the the narrator says at the beginning of the game, a world cover, covered in endless water. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know about water world. I want to know about. I, I do have to admit, even though it it did feel a little dated, uh, but I I did watch that entire opening uh, opening cutscene because because like you know you know they're like maybe it's the sea sounds, maybe it's the very clear narration. But I I'm intrigued by this opening narration. Like, go ahead, just serenade me with your words, 1997 video game. That I. I'm not. I'm not going to disparage the guy that really the actor is, <laughs> even though I really feel like the Capcom actors at that time. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if they were actually actors or just people in the office, which is, again, it has a cuteness to it. But he he really really hams it up in that opening. Oh yeah, no, I, like, I, I could I couldn't resist though. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. I got a, I got a world covered in endless ocean. It's like, all right, hit me. What you got? Yes. I I think. All the stuff we keep talking about, like all of these things are exactly why it's not, it doesn't feel like a Mega Man game at all because you don't play any other Mega Man game for like the story and the lore and all that or the exploration. Uh, speak Even for though yourself. I, well, I, I, wanted, okay. I wanted, I was very invested in saving Zero and Mega Man X2. Okay. Very invested. I was too. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like the, do, do, the way, do, the, way do. X, the story was going in X5, like I was really, really excited about that. And then. You know what happened after we don't need to talk about. A meteor about. is yeah. about to hit the Earth, and the closer you get items to the meteor hitting, the better the items are. It it makes sense if you play. No, it doesn't. 
Um, okay, and yes, the, and fine, the, meteor that will, story. the meteor will stop falling if you defeat these two robots, but we won't tell you which two. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I forgot that was even a thing. <laughs> Mega Man X5. No, no, that's X5. Um, oh. X, and, oh, and also we've named all the robots after the... The, uh, musici- the, the musicians Guns of Guns N' Roses Guns until Guns 2018. Until 20, 2018. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. All right. Well, Burn Dino Rex is cooler than Matt Rex. All right. But uh, <laughs> but a- Axel the Red is probably cooler than Spike Rose Red. Duff McWhalen. Duff Duff McWhalen is cooler than Tide than Tide Whale. I agree. Yes. Or Tide yes. Tidal Whale. I think. Um, like what, Mega Man X Five is. The word choice of the localization of Mega Man X Five <laughs> is its own podcast. Somebody was having fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was like they the girlfriend. Uh, no, the boyfriend of the translator was a big Guns N' Roses fan, so she basically named them all after Guns N' Roses. That's what I've heard. That I have, oh, I've heard, I have heard a similar a similar story. It's the significant other of someone that was in control of the of the localization of that game. Yeah. Wow. What power. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah. yes, but does Mega time, Man... time for us to tap Steven and uh... yeah. the the other great localization question of the '90s though is in uh, one of my favorite '90s fighting games, Garo Mark of the Wolves. There was a character named Marco Rodriguez in it, but someone at SNK USA was named Marco Rodriguez, and they felt weird having uh, his name in the game, so they renamed that character Kushnude Butt. Yes, what? they did. And and I do oh, not wow. know. I, I like. I, I I'm not. I don't object to them renaming him for that reason. But why Kushnude Butt? That that, that 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 is so baffling to me. Sometimes we demand answers that we can never get. Mm. Yes. Agreed. That was a tangent. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, why why did they change Rockman Dash to Mega Man Legends? I don't know if I have a great answer for that either. Or Mega Man or Mega Man sixty four if you're playing the worst version. Actually, I mean, I actually understand. The term legends, because there's always legends about the island. Yeah, that I'm actually makes more, sense. more curious about what the dash was supposed to mean. It's an acronym. It's because I. The real reason is that Japanese developers and Japanese people love random English words because they right. sound kind of cool. Okay. Um, but uh, it's an acronym for dig outer in advent uh, dig outer adventure in. Uh, Halcyon days. Wait, there's an S in there as well. I've written it down. I've written it down. Uh, okay, now, uh, um, dig uh, out her adventure story in Halcyon days. Holy crap, I okay. never knew that. Okay, now, I, awesome. I, I, th- I think that must have been created after the fact because I always assumed that it was because, um, Street Fighter 2, uh, <laughs> Always fighting games with you. Isn't well, it? The, well, okay. Look, Street Fighter Two is made by Capcom, but the um, but the versions that were usually called Turbo versions in the United States were Street Fighter Two Dash. Ah, and so they okay. they did that for I think two versions of Street Fighter like Two. Maybe it could be both. It could so, be like I, I think they prob. My guess is they probably wanted it to be Dash, like like a like one of the Street Fighter Two expansions. But then, they, then they created it, yeah. Then they but, created, came up with a crazy acronym for Dash. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I have my copy right here, and it says Dig Out or Adventure Story in Halcyon Days on the box. <laughs> oh, okay. That's so, but I definitely think that they came up with Dash first, and like let's make this stand for something. Yeah, that, yeah. That, I would you know have to kind of like how they came up with Junker. For Snatcher, and then that just made no sense at all in Japanese. <laughs> it took Jeremy Blaustein to actually turn it into something that was parsable. <laughs> wow! All right, yep, I did not know that one. Japanese people's love of uh, random English words is, you know, everlasting. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, they could have they could have called it something else, but that would be a spoiler. So I'll wait till we finish the game. Oh, okay. Um, well, we won't we won't be finishing yeah, the game until next week. So if there's if there's something if there's you know if there's meaning behind that very vague phrase you made, I I won't know yet because I have not finished gotten to the end of this game yet. But that's why I kept it vague. Yeah. All right. If we're having vague teasers for the next episode and talking about. Uh, dig outer adventure story halcyon days. Maybe we're at the end of today's episode. <laughs> we might be. <laughs> so, but we didn't All talk right. about the music story yet. Oh my oh, god! The music store. The yes. pop music. The pop music. It's so that it. That's the first thing. This is the my last little tangent, and then okay. I'll let you. But it's it's one of the first things when I played through this game again that really made me um appreciate what is, we talked about is, earlier is, like well, the, one yeah. second though is, is it uptown or downtown because i'm not, I'm not or, or it's in the market it's an apple market, market. okay it's, so it's just this little cd store and i walked in there and i'm like there is so much stuff packed into this game you can check the posters you can check this and then you can sample all these different little cds i'm like why is there so much here there's no other reason to be in there it's just it's just one of those little touches i thought was really really impressive is it unlockable what? right at the beginning like, yeah, like, you oh, yeah. yeah yeah how did i miss that then well, I mean, there's so many little markets. I, yeah. I must have gotten caught up reading the comic books and then moving the story along. It's so strange. It's just like all this like little meaningless attention to detail for world yeah. building. Um, it's yes. there isn't anything that, there isn't anything that detailed uptown or downtown though. No, there's not. No. <laughs> so so it's like um, maybe, maybe everything's maybe, packed in the Apple Market. Maybe their ambition was to have the entire town as dense as Apple Market, but they ran out of budget or time. Maybe. Yeah. Well, there's the library. The library has some depth yeah. to it, too, but mm -hmm. there's a lot going on in that little And the TV market. station. Yeah, there's oh, a TV yes. station. There's side quests at the police station and the hospital as well. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I forgot about those. I don't think, I don't think I've... I did go into the hospital, what, but I didn't, I didn't you, really do any, any side quests, though. What do you get from those? Um, you get parts from the police station yeah. quests, and I haven't, oh, done, I haven't done the hospital this time. Oh, I better go do that, then. I should at least try them because I, I I don't I haven't done it. I I did briefly visit those buildings, but I haven't done any side questing, so I'll have to I'll have to check that out before. I think the side quests unlock a little bit late, so. Okay. Yeah. Can I say yeah. one more thing before uh, we close it up? Um, I wanted to I, maybe we didn't we just didn't go over it, but for a 1997 game, the facial animations in this game were actually pretty amazing. No, no, actually, one, good. Of things, yeah. one of the things that like it, it still looks good to this day, and, but you you realize you're playing a PlayStation. Okay, I, I, PlayStation okay. One. Now I'm not gonna say st I'm not gonna agree with still looks good to this day, but uh, well, but, but but they they, <laughs> they, they are colorful and yeah. expressive for being 1997 3D models. Yes, that, that, it's that a stylistic true. choice that I have a lot of affection for. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the hands are better formed than the you know weird uh, rolling pins in Final Fantasy VII released the same year. <laughs> or, or or Metal Gear Solid, where the hands are just like. Like and connected to one and another. characters, and characters actually have feet, unlike 2012 Fire Emblem games yeah. that shall not be named. <laughs> uh, okay, but if, we're, if I'm talking about a 2012 Fire Emblem game, that is definitely the time for the end of the episode. Yes. Um, uh, listeners, thanks very much for listening to us discuss Mega Man Legends. We have three more episodes of Mega Man Legends for you this month. I am looking forward to playing the rest of these games, especially once I get Dragon Quest XI behind me and Mega Man XI behind me, because those are going to be very distracting during October. Uh... But I'm I'm glad that I'm finally you know getting off my ass to play this because likes we get into like uh, Ocarina of Time for 15 years this was a game I had delayed for a long time before finally agreeing to 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 just get through and um so I'm I'm even if even if I not end up not loving the game so far I like it but maybe don't love it I'll, I'm I'm at least 
you know, glad to have people to talk to talk about it with, and glad to have it as a cross-off. <laughs> but uh, let's see. We uh, RPG fan has pl- many fine things to offer to readers and listeners that aren't just this podcast. If you go to the RPGFan.com main page, you can check out our forums, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook page. Uh, Scott, you're one of our many Twitch streamers, and you can if you go to the RPGFan.com main page, you'll find out what's being streamed on Twitch any yep. given day. And it's and uh, we're still rolling with something every every week every every, every, every single week. day. Right. Every single every day. day. And uh, again, because uh, you, uh, this podcast is being recorded several days or sometimes even weeks in advance, so uh, I'm not going to tell you what's being streamed right now. It'll be over when you're listening to it, but please check out RPG Fans' front page to see what is being offered. Uh, and and also, you know, reviews, mu- uh, music, features, something new every day on RPG Fan. Please check it out. There's also another podcast, Random Encounter, hosted by Derek Heemsbergen, more focused on current events than uh, than Retro Encounter is. He does a fabulous job hosting that. Please check out that podcast as well. Um, uh, Mike, Rob, do we have anything we want to plug that I haven't already mentioned? Well, we could plug the giveaway because there will be a giveaway going That's on right. when this is up. That's right. In the hey, first couple anyway. days, if you, listen, if you listen right away, you'll be able to enter. But then there's another one after that, so look for those. Yes, please. We have uh, giveaways going on. Uh, uh, Mike, I'll be a little cautious with my language. Um, let's say the first week and a half, or the first two weeks of October. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. We we have special giveaways going on on RPGFan.com in the first two weeks of October. I believe it was. I believe it's three games over three weeks. But we just we just finished the first week. So, uh, just just see if there's a giveaway feature on RPG Fan if you're if it's October 2018 at the time of you listening, and maybe you can get in on that giveaway. So, do we have anything else to plug, or should we just get to our uh, to our personal social media? Well, um, it is October, and October means um, spooky stuff. Um, our very own features editor, Tina Ola, is uh, collaborating with some other people on the site to put together a list of um, RPGs that are fit for the Halloween season. So um, watch for that uh, sometime before the month is up. I just beat an RPG with a spooky vampire in it. Oh, my. Uh, if you uh, if you really really want to hear me embarrass myself, go ahead and listen to my terrible Dracula impression in the uh, in one of the Sweet End Two episodes. Oh, the neck oh, lord! That, the okay, neck yeah, lord! Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about trying to think of game. The Lord like, of Necks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is that. a he's a great video game <laughs> vampire. Mm-hmm. He's so good. <laughs> We had a lot of great things to say about Neko Lord on the uh, on the two Sweet and two episodes we did last month. Those were a lot of fun. But yeah, we have a uh, spooky features. We might we might even have a spooky podcast in our future. But uh, for the time being, it's going to be four episodes in a row of Mega Man Legends. Okay, so uh, Scott, how can listeners reach you uh, through social media or the website? I don't use social media at all, so um, you can actually reach me on Discord, um, or you can find me on the Twitch channel. We stream every day. Lots of fun. We have fun together and chat and everything else. You can talk to me directly all the time, anytime. But social media, you're never going to find me on social media. So, Got it. Uh, Mike, how can listeners reach you? Uh, well, I am on social media, although I've gotten really, really bad about using Twitter lately. So technically, you can message me at Valkyrie Studio, all one word, even though it's two words. Um, or on Discord if I'm on there. Or just email me, I guess, which sounds way too old school, but... There you go. When I was asking for emails for our mailbag episode a few months ago, a few a few listeners were even upset that were upset that I 
that I that they had to send an email. <laughs> like, like, email was too old yeah. and antiquated for some for some folks, which is hey, too bad. I want I just wanted them to be able to organize them in one place. Right. Sort of a postcard campaign. Be all right. Ooh, yeah, a, phys- a physical a physical mailing that'll guarantee that'll guarantee it. If someone sends me sure. physical mail, they I'll they get their own podcast. Okay, I didn't actually mean that. Didn't okay, because I'm going to send you a postcard right now if that's oh, the case. Oh my! I want to I want to be on a podcast. Oh, you do? <laughs> I do. Oh, that's. I want to talk about you. music or something. <laughs> Again, back to that music podcast idea. I wonder if that'll ever amount to anything. Yeah, hopefully. So, uh, Rob, how can listeners reach you? Uh, I'm mostly just hanging out on Twitter being sassy these days, so you can find me at MissAnthropBob. All right, and uh, listeners, if you want to reach me directly, the easiest way to do so is Twitter. I am at the Real Monsoon. There is also an email address, at, uh, retro at RPGFan.com. I'm the person reading that most of the time. And I'm also on Discord, at MonsoonMike. I also have a second Twitter where I get a little weird called at Evoker for Dogs. Uh, so, uh, gentlemen, thanks so much for podcasting me, with me today and for podcasting with me hopefully three more times this month. Of course. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. A lot of fun. Yeah, we have a lot of Mega Man Legends ahead of us, but they, they aren't terribly long games, so I don't know. Maybe Mega Man Legends combined will be maybe less than less game time than Suikoden 2 was last month. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not positive. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Easily, okay. yeah. All right. Well, until next time, listeners, thank you. Good night and good luck. <laughs>